Hey, welcome to The Heavy with Andrew and Don, where we cover a large range of rock and metal topics for the casual listener. I'm your host, Don Sutherland, with me as always, my brother, Andrew Sutherland. What's up, dirtbags? Uh, remember, you can always send us any comments, concerns, whatever, at theheavypod at gmail.com or DM us on Facebook as well. Andrew, what are we talking about today? Uh, today, we're going to talk about the band Matawar and why they're so much more popular everywhere else except where they're from, which is the U.S., Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it. So, uh, I'm not going to do like a sociological study of about like you know through the entirety of the show, but why they're so much more popular. But we will touch on it. Define um, sociological. Uh, you know, like the. <laughs> Screw you. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> oh, just it's like just you know, a big the... word. <laughs> why you know they're he's more popular they're more popular like certain demographics as opposed to other demographics uh depending Actually, on that was nationality close. and whatever age pretty close you did it you pulled it out of your ass <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah i mean we'll do a little bit of background on the band and, and talk about a bunch of their stuff and why they're so awesome uh, cool. but okay <laughs> but i mean that that is the the main focus here really is is they're hugely popular everywhere else except for basically north america which i mean they're they're from new york so but they're but they're huge in europe they're massive in like europe and they do huge huge concerts down in like brazil uh yeah we'll do a little bit of background on them first here they're like i was saying they're from new york they're a band that had a lot of early influence in defining the genre of power metal i don't know if you know what that is don uh well I feel like I do. Do Do you have uh, any other bands that are considered power metal that would help people out? Uh, like bands like say Blind Guardian, uh, Hammerfall, Halloween, bands oh, like Halloween. that. Okay. Yeah. So there, there's actually there's quite a few too, and like the power metal is not too confined. Is it? It's got a little bit of leeway. Like some bands that are a bit different than others. But I found a. Oh, well, we'll get to this. I have actually found like a fairly long definition of power metal from Urban Dictionary, which I, I kind of liked. So I'm going to read through that in a second. Okay. Uh, but it, it, this is going back to Man of War's first album. It was an album called Battle Hymns from 1982. And okay. uh, really, since they started, they haven't really followed any trends at all or strayed from the path that they set out for themselves from okay. like 30 odd years ago like they <laughs> so, do their own thing it's pretty admirable to be honest uh yeah just uh, just a little little side note um i i googled them really quick just to scroll through images while you're while you're talking about them so i got the picture in my head the very first picture of man of war is are they wearing uh, fur? All four uh, no all four <laughs> oh, guys are wearing um well two are wearing pants but two other ones are wearing uh like leather underwear oh yeah the loincloth oil- they're oiled up and oh yeah, that's, a, that's an old picture. That's from like that's from the early it's, '80s. It's quite the photo. <laughs> it's very striking. Anyway, like, it, it is striking. It sticks with you for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the definition I got, of, I was looking at some different definitions, and some of them were kind of like non-English translated to English. To was, so some of them were kind of cumbersome. Okay. So the the definition I found is fairly lengthy, but it seemed to describe it pretty well. So, okay. power metal is the description for today's true heavy metal sound. Power metal bands uh-huh. are always guitar-driven, with keyboards rarely making much of an appearance. The vocals are of the clean-sounding variety and usually feature very powerful, talented vocalists who can really reach the upper ranges of the vocal spectrum. 
Uh, generally, the songs are fast-paced and employ fantasy themes, including, but not limited to, Dragons, Gladiators, Warriors, Valhalla, Lord of the Rings, mm. Polished Steel Weapons, and generally conceptual themes that deal with very manly concepts, at least yes, in a historical yeah. sense. Uh, you will rarely find songs about love, sadness, or failure. Uh, power metal is very uplifting, powerful music that appeals to people who like to get inspiration from their tunes. Uh, catchy, epic, and generally enjoyable as hell. Power metal is a great genre that, regrettably, far too people know about. So th those aren't my words. That's from Urban not, Dictionary. Just not <laughs> a not a biased <laughs> definition at all. Uh, specifically, like polished the... steel. Also, not, not none of that tarnished steel. It has to be polished. How else are you going to see the blood glint off it properly, right? That's true. <laughs> or your or your oiled up abs that I imagine sure. is what Manowar is looking at, <laughs> looking at their swords. So this is basically the polar opposite to emo, is what it is. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> emo so, bands do not work out, and these guys are jacked. Yeah, it was. <laughs> they, they, uh, it's kind of it's kind of their their shtick, right? Like the, you know, being all uh, what do you call it, misogynistic, kind of manly, and like you know. But it's like it, it's like the kind of uh, misogynistic where it's also very homoerotic. So it's just like counter. Yeah, itself. yeah, that's that's uh, <laughs> a lot of things you read about them. It's kind of funny that way too. It's yeah, yeah. But is there there's like a layer of irony in there for them or no? Absolutely not. They're they're hundred percent serious about what they do. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, that makes me like it more. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty awesome, man. Like when you get into them and you realize that it's not a joke and that they're dead serious. It's like, wow, I really respect what they do and how, yeah. how like loyal they are to what they do. You know, and, I mean, you'd have to commit to themes of like that. Like, I guess like they if don't, it's gonna work. Like they don't flinch, man. Like it's, <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Especially uh, Joey DeMeo, who's the the main guy, the uh, the bassist, and the he's been pretty much the guy from day one. But okay, well, we'll get we'll get to a history. Yeah, yeah. Here. Sorry, I won't jump too far ahead. So like I was saying, they they never got big in North America. Uh, I don't even know if they've ever even played in Canada. They may have early on when they were trying to get really? a foothold North America back in the eighties. But uh, they're huge in Europe, notably Germany, and uh, also in South America. They've had huge concerts in places like Brazil. Like I was saying, playing right. for tens of thousands of people. So, so they're huge. They everywhere else but here, yes, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> uh, so. They like to call their fans uh, Man of Warriors, just so you know. Although <laughs> okay. their original guitarist, Ross the Boss, he tends to call them Man of Wars, which is a little different. What I've read is... That's not as, that's, that's not as catchy. Ross never, the Boss, yeah. where do I know that name from? Uh, we talked about him earlier. He was from the Dictators that used to right. play CBGBs okay. back in okay. the 70s. Okay, okay, yeah. I knew I knew the name. That, I, had, I had mentioned Man of War at one point when we were talking about CBGBs in the uh, New York punk scene. Okay, uh, yeah. A yeah. while back there. CB, CBGBs, the, the venue. Yeah, so this is Anyone before he was he was in the dictators long before he was in Manowar or like years before. Okay. Cool. Uh, so I first got into Manowar in 1996 when I bought their newest album at the time called Louder Than Hell, and okay. I, I was really struck by how simple and direct the message was. Like everything was basically metal for metal's sake and about brotherhood, and okay. uh, <laughs> really high production value and kick-ass vocals, and I just. Like, I loved it. It was so different from the other stuff I was listening to at the time. Like, I was really into, you know, Metallica and Pantera and a lot of different types of metal and, like, you know, uh, Nine Inch Nails, stuff like that. And this was just right. such a, almost like a breath of fresh air. It was just so different, even though it was, like, kind of cheesy, you know, but I, I just, I really loved it. And I mean, uh, yeah, compared to, like, Nine Inch Nails, that's diving really deep on some pretty serious stuff. All yeah, this time. was just, this was just such a different direction. Right. You know? Okay. That makes way. sense. Uh, so their music is heavily steeped in fantasy and mythology themes. 
and addition to countless references to heavy metal music itself. Oh, uh, so they're meta. Yeah, whatever that means. They're brainiac. <laughs> like, like they they reference themselves, like Deadpool. Oh yeah, they totally reference themselves. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so I got hooked on that album and subsequently bought the album previous to that called The Triumph of Steel. And okay. later on, I bought several other albums of theirs, including their debut album called Battle Hymns, and I actually have it on vinyl. Triumph of Steel is the album cover that I'm looking at right now uh, that I had on my screen. Amazing. <laughs> the, this Viking-looking guy holding a sword and a hammer with a bunch of naked ladies on pedestals around him. Yeah, <laughs> that would be... Uh, <laughs> That would be their their mascot. Uh, he's called, I guess they, they call him the Faceless Warrior, and he's appeared on most of their album covers since one of their albums called Kings of Metal. So uh, you'll see, if you look at all their album <laughs> covers, you'll see him show up quite a bit. Yeah, now I'm no, now I'm noticing it. Yeah. He is everywhere. So uh, Manowar was originally formed in 1980 after bassist Joy DeMeo, uh, DeMaio DeMeo, I don't know. <laughs> I'm terrible at pronouncing names. He was working uh, as a roadie for Black Sabbath. This is back when Dio was singing for Black Sabbath. And oh, okay. uh, he, he met fellow New Yorker Ross the Boss Friedman uh, at a Sabbath show in Newcastle City Hall. Okay. So I'm assuming this is England. Um, that sounds so British, it, yeah, I think. In an interview with True Metal, which is a website, Ross the Boss, he was playing for a band called Shaken Street, who I, I have no idea who they are, but he was playing guitar for them yeah. at the time. And they were opening for Black Sabbath. And, uh, oh, I have it right there in England. So yes. <laughs> hey, there you go. Uh, and he was approached by Ronnie James Dio, and uh, Dio said that we have a guy on our crew. His name's Joy. He plays bass in a very special way. You should meet him. So they ended up jamming backstage, Ross and Joey, and then they met up in New York after to form the band that would eventually become Manowar. That's a so. glowing reference, <laughs> Ronnie yeah. James Dio. Well, Joey DeMeo is a pretty cool bassist. If you ever watch him play live, he's got a really neat style. And he really yeah. reminds me of uh, Lemmy a bit, where he, he oh, doesn't play okay. the bass in, in a standard way. Like, he plays a little more... I, I don't really... More uh, melodic, yeah. almost? Well, he, he just... He plays it almost like a guitar. You know what I mean? Oh, okay, yeah. No, I, I got you. Simil like similar a, to, like, Flea, then, where, like, sometimes the bass is straight up the melody. Yeah, like, and because they only run with a single guitarist, they... A lot of times his bass is almost like the rhythm guitar part yeah. of the song, kind of. So, and, and he does a lot of like bass solos. They have a, lot, a bunch of songs that are just him playing bass, which. Uh, so oh, sweet. Okay. Just to say, he's pretty good at it. Anyway, so. The first drummer they found they found for their band was a guy named Carl uh, Kennedy from a band <laughs> called The Rods. You ever heard of The Rods? Okay. Uh no. Should I have? Uh, they're they're just a metal band from. Back in the early '80s, they've got a few songs that are, I don't know, they're pretty popular back in the day. Okay. The singer, his name's Eric Adams, but his real name was actually Louis Marulo, apparently. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was a probably right move there. Yeah, it was a, definitely a good move. Change that name. He was a childhood friend of Joy DeMaio's, and uh, Ross the Boss said that he told Louis his name didn't work, and because Louis's sons' names were Eric and Adam, he suggested the name change to Eric Adams. Okay. So. According to Ross the Boss, the name Manowar came from a guy named John Stilwell. His uh, nickname was Doc. And he mm -hmm. had done a bunch of important guitar and app work for the band early in their career. So he was a pretty big influence on them. Okay. And yeah, there's a suggestion from him. And they're just, as soon as he said it, they're like, yeah, that's our name. I like to Google these guys like as you're, as you're talking just to see if there's like anything, anything else I know them from. And uh, 
John Stilwell, also an Australian mathematician, if that adds anything to your story. I don't think it's the same guy. But. Definitely not the same guy, but uh, <laughs> hey, go John Stilwell. Uh, so in the beginning, the band wanted to do something different other than the denim and leather that was kind of coming out of the new wave of British heavy metal. So they went right. with uh, loincloths and animal fur. Naturally, <laughs> Which yeah. You've already, obviously, you've already seen that. Absolutely. <laughs> it's it's uh, very easy to find those. Yeah, and uh, apparently the swords that they're holding on the cover of their second album, Into Glory Ride, are actual, they're real swords that they ordered and not props. Huh. So they're pretty serious right from the get-go about their image and what they're trying to convey there. They wanted real polished steel for it. Oh my god, the one guy has a flail. Yeah, yeah I think that's Eric <laughs> Adams. And he, looks, he looks so awkward with it. <laughs> yeah, it's, the, the flail, yeah, he definitely doesn't know how to hold a flail. <laughs> he looks so silly. The other guys look good. Mm-hmm. Well, good is relative. But... <laughs> the, the other guys look less awkward. Like that. more comfortable <laughs> with their swords. Yeah, it still looks it's still a little goofy. <laughs> so they uh, they ended up hiring a drummer named Donny Hamzik for Battle Hymns when they actually recorded. Okay. Uh, but he, he, ended, he got burned out after touring for that album. And they moved on to a drummer named Scott Columbus for the rest of their 1980s releases. So this lineup from there on, from the re- for the rest of the 80s anyway, uh, was DeMaio, Ross the Boss, uh, Eric Adams, and Scott Columbus. And that was probably, for me anyway, my favorite lineup. The, they put out the best material. Right. So the, there's, some, uh, there's some fun facts. But uh, legend is Scott Columbus was discovered by a female Manowar fan while he was beating aluminum at a local foundry. <laughs> so... It was claimed that he had to play on a stainless steel drum set dubbed the Drums of Doom because his drumming style was too hard on regular drum sets. <laughs> oh, that's actually pretty cool. That's I, uh, I don't know if that's just like a, a story they made up or if it's true, but I remember uh, one of their old live videos. And it's actually really hard to find. You can't find a lot of their videos on YouTube because they have a lot of control over their material. Yeah, good for so, them. Which is, yeah, definitely good for them. So, uh, But I remember one of my friends, my friend Eric, back when we were still just out of high school i think he had one of their dvds and uh or it might even be been vhs back then i can't remember but they were playing live or whatever and eric adams is on stage and he goes scott columbus has returned and he pounds the drums like the hammer of thor (laughs) (laughs) he commit on stage as well (laughs) yeah (laughs) i was uh i was gonna say i wouldn't be surprised if he actually like did play the drums too hard for regular drums because like that's not super uncommon like uh john bottom right yeah bottom like that uh and then when Right. I'm sure Keith Moon was was like that. I I was gonna say Dave Grohl, uh, specifically when when they were recording in Bloom. I know they had to keep changing the skins on the drums because oh, every take he would it. just destroy them. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. So, oh, sure. I mean that's yeah. not that's not entirely out of the realm of possibility. <laughs> the the band didn't find much commercial success in the U.S. Like I was saying, but uh, coming at the end of the new wave of British heavy metal, they found a pretty big following overseas in England, okay. and that resulted in their shout out album they did called Hail to England. Okay. Uh, so, when Manowar was playing in England in 1984, they were uh, they were using a stack of amps and speakers, and they called it the Wall of Voodoo. <laughs> it was reportedly 40 feet in length, uh, 21 feet high, weighed about 10 tons, and they ended up breaking the Guinness Book of World Records' loudest performance record uh, that the Who had set in 1976. So wow. the, Who, the Who had set it, it was 126 decibels in 1976, and Manowar ended up breaking it at uh, 129.5 decibels. That That's crazy, tour. and also yeah. I, I, I thought that Motorhead would have held that record. I think That's Motorhead crazy. may have broken it later on because they, they, they had a, like a, maybe like a few years later, a couple years later, 
Yeah. Because no. Manowar didn't. I don't think they had it the whole time. They did break it a couple times though. They had uh, it for and, a bit. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, this whole. I, I, mean, I know there is something about a Motorhead concert from like '86, maybe. I mean, pretty close anyway. Yeah. But uh, they they also they broke the record a second time a few years later, and apparently their uh, Manowar was also measured at 139 decibels at a sound check in Germany in 2008. Wow. But uh, that was <laughs> that's kind of unofficial, right? <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty freaking loud sound check. All this stuff just totally reminds me of that scene in Spinal Tap where Nigel's showing Marty his amp that goes to eleven. <laughs> I had to, I was I was reading about all this stuff and I'm like I have to watch that scene. Like the look when Marty's like, well, why don't you just make like ten a little bit louder? And he's like, <laughs> like Nigel just has no idea. He's like, oh, this one goes to eleven. <laughs> no, but it's eleven. <laughs> so the. the they released Into Glory Ride, their second album, in 1983. And uh, I haven't actually listened to this album too much, but just for this podcast, I, I listened to it all the way through a couple times. And it's actually pretty good. So except for the first song called Warlord, it's it's a little slow-paced. Like, Warlord's a bit faster. Right. Um, so maybe that's why I never got into it before, because you know I'd hear it and it would be a little bit too slow, and I kind of just wouldn't give it enough time. Mm-hmm. But it, it definitely shows some signs of uh, like early Viking metal and epic storytelling type power metal. Right. And uh, the cover photo is absolutely ridiculous. That's the one that you were just looking at. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. So in 1984, in, in addition to Hail to England, they actually released their fourth album as well called Sign of the Hammer. Mm-hmm. And although it's for, for me, as far as quality of the album, it's, it's a bit of a far cry from Hail to England because Hail to England's amazing. Mm-hmm. But it's actually still a pretty rocking album, and the title track is really good. So the uh, the last two albums that they did with Ross the Boss, because he got fired right after Kings of Metal, but they so made you'll, uh, probably, you'll probably get into why he was fired, I imagine. Yeah, it's, it's not a, it's not a huge story or anything. The well, after um, Al Jorgensen, I'm I'm used to sensational stories. I need something yeah, where he like, poops and something. Or... No, no, it's it's not nothing like that. <laughs> nah, all right. So the the next album they made was called Fighting the World. And then another album called Kings of Metal. So those are the last two they did with Ross the Boss. And they're both classic albums. Uh, Kings of Metal, I believe, is their most well-known album. And I think, don't quote me on this, but I think it might be their best-selling. Uh, it's okay. hard to find like it's hard to find numbers on their album sales because most of them are overseas and not in the U.S. Oh, okay. So, like they track them differently? Yeah, it's just bands that chart in the u.s are just a lot easier to find stuff for which i right. guess is just that's just billboard tracking things yeah yeah but both those albums are just filled with like amazingly cheesy ballads uh which are <laughs> awesome and uh, mixed in with some powerful anthems and then some ridiculously fast heavy metal rockers sweet so after this point joey kicked out ross from the band and uh I'm trying to think yeah there isn't really a big story about it like you hear kind of different things i mean i've seen stories where ross left because he wanted to do different things with music but in another interview i read about him he said that joey called him up and fired him basically like actually kicked him out yeah so uh, joey DeMeo was he was getting a hard time this is uh, from an interview he did he was getting a hard time about one of their shows an interview with uh, rock hard magazine in 2006 and this is a quote from joey DeMeo, and he's got like amazing quotes it's hard to find a lot of them because a lot of them are from their videos that they made and it's hard they're hard to find like I'm gonna have to probably go on eBay or something and find copies of them 
Uh, but his quote is, I believe in the fans. I believe in metal more than anybody you've ever met. And you've known me for a long time. I've never pissed on you, even though you constantly do it to me. And I don't stab the fan in the back. And another thing, I'm prepared to die for metal. Are you? Prepared to, to die for it, huh? Okay. Oh, man, he's like dead serious, too. He's he's pretty intense, man. I, I think I like respect the stance that he's taking. I don't know if I'd ever want to meet him. I don't know. I, I think well no I think if you if you meet him and like I mean I respect what he does if I met him I'd be like man like your band's awesome I, you know I I'd love to see you live you know I'd, uh, and then I, he'd I don't go think... are you prepared to die to see us live it's like oh I say I mean I love metal I don't know about the dying part but <laughs> <laughs> and that's where it falls apart <laughs> there's another quote from Joy DeMaio that I kind of liked I don't know which album he's talking about but he's like this album is gonna sound basically like somebody put gasoline on your fucking balls and lit it <laughs> <laughs> like. That's gonna be a really good album. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a, what a way to! I wonder if that's in his elevator pitch to the <laughs> to the studio. Uh, as far as Manowar's international appeal, in contrast to how relatively obscure they are in the U.S., uh, I mean, a lot of it has to do with the differences in the respective music scenes. So most varieties of metal are generally blocked from the mainstream in the U.S. Like it's very trend-driven. Yeah, in the U.S., as you you know, right. Yeah. Uh, whereas other countries, notably European ones, there's a lot more diversity. So you'll actually see uh, heavy bands on mainstream music charts in other countries where you almost never see that here. Definitely. Interesting. Until someone like breaks the mold and then that becomes the new standard and then it's just cycle after cycle. Yeah, but it seems like metal is always kind of pushed down <laughs> to the bottom. Like, no, you know, once yeah, in a while, if they know they're going to make sure. a bunch of money, they'll they throw somebody out there that's uh, maybe heavier than normal. Mm hmm. But uh, the, the the contrast of Man of War, like the what do you call it, the duality of it, or like the the two worlds, how how duality is the I think the right word, the right word. So like the, yeah. the how insanely popular they are in some countries over there, like say Germany or uh, like Spain, Portugal, like all over the place there. But then almost nothing here, right? It's it's pretty. It's really nuts. interesting how how it circumvents it, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, what are the reasons for that? I, I mean, I'm sure lots of people have theories, right? I mean, a lot of it could be, I'm just going to put this out there, I hope no one like gets mad, but a lot of it could be to do with uh, the language barrier. <laughs> so, you know, somebody's, if, if English isn't somebody's first language, uh, and then they hear these songs, they may not maybe get the cheesy aspect of it as much. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. That, that's a possibility. I'm just throwing it out there. But I mean, don't get me I wrong. I, working, I, yeah. I love it. So it's mm -hmm. and English is my first language and I and I love their music. It doesn't matter to me. I'm just thinking for for like the uh, looking at the the broader picture, right? Like why they have such a fanatical following over there. Yeah, but I, mean, I get I get what you mean. I, I I bet that that it goes the other way around, or you hear something like maybe Italian or French, you're like, oh, it sounds so exotic. But I'm sure some yeah. of the lyrics are like, this is not creative at all. But I don't really understand what they're saying. So just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe it's and maybe that's you know a way to enjoy music you know in its purest form in a way you know oh you're getting philosophical too i would yeah, i would agree with that yeah actually so yeah i know if anybody if anybody else that's listening has any theories on why manowar is so much more popular overseas and not so much back home i i'd love to hear them and uh we could talk yeah, about them next show. So that'd be, that'd be, i'd be absolutely. interested to hear what other people's theories are for sure let us know what you think for sure so in uh, in 2012, Joe won he won the Golden God Award at the annual Metal Hammer Golden Gods Award. So oh. I'm assuming that's the biggest award there. Metal Hammer is oh. pretty big, yeah. Yeah, well, like, the, but the Golden God Award would be like the premier award at that award show, I think. Oh right? yeah, like the top one. 
Yeah. That's so right. that's that's pretty cool. And that's I actually cool. found I just found this pretty recently here, but uh, apparently the band performed in 1983 on a program it was like called Nickelodeon Livewire. They played <laughs> they, on Nickelodeon. I don't know what I don't know if Nickelodeon's the same back then as it is now, but it was called Nickelodeon Livewire, and they performed. Um, after they released their album Into Glory Ride, they performed a couple songs and then they took questions from the audience. And the audience consisted of a bunch of like little kids, teenagers, and a few older people. And it's pretty yeah. cool. Like the band's sitting there after they perform and they're answering questions from the audience. And there's like 10 year old kids asking them questions. And uh, I don't know, Joey had some pretty, like, pretty cool, inspiring answers. I was really impressed, actually. That's really so. cool. Cause yeah, I, look, I looked into it. Um, it is, in fact, a kids' talk show. <laughs> Yeah, I ran from uh, 1980 to 85. Yeah, and I found there's actually a clip of it on YouTube. It's a pretty rough, it's pretty rough footage because it's so mm-hmm. old, right? Because it's but, yeah, uh, it really it's is. It's actually pretty neat. I, I'll, I'll put a link up to that when I when I get caught up on our our Facebook page there. What an interesting yeah. thing to do. I, I to, like that, that totally caught me by surprise because I'm so used to them being so aggressive and like manly and you know, loud and it's all so about cool. metal and it's not, but then they're like sitting down on the stage in a small studio answering questions from little kids and, and being like very sincere about it. Right. It's kind of like, like uh, really James, cool. James Gandolfini going on Sesame street, right in the height of the Sopranos. It's like, why yeah, are you here? And why does it work? Why that's, is it yeah, really good? It's, it's very actually in an odd way. Like it's kind of similar, right? Like it's, yeah. It's have you, fun. have you seen that? No, I, I'm going to watch it though now. It's... Oh, it's great. It's so great. He has this whole thing where he just talks about being afraid of the dark, but because it's, james gandolfini it's it's like really poignant like tony soprano reason. is scared of the dark and it's like right at the height of the sopranos so it's it's super deep for some reason <laughs> yeah <laughs> so a couple more things uh actually no one more thing and then we'll get to the workout playlist okay i've been skirting around this issue but in uh in 2020 their former guitarist carl logan he pled guilty to child porn charges and uh i think he's going to jail but uh, fuck that guy. That's all I can say. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Okay, that's a big dip between doing the Nickelodeon show and that. Yeah. Yeah. I just like I, I just wanted to put that out there. I didn't want to talk about it much because, like, obviously he's a huge piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy for sure. And uh, and that's why I wanted to spend most of the time concentrating on the, you know, Ross the Boss and the old the old days kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> yeah, good to get a nice fuck you to that guy. Okay, um, <laughs> okay cool. So, so on to the workout playlist then? Yeah, let's hit up the workout playlist right. now. Let's do it. I ain't got time to bleed. This is the trouble! Let's put a smile on that face. I took the wrong week to quit drinking. All right, song number one. Sweet, let's do it. We'll start with the song actually called Manowar, believe it or not. <laughs> from, so meta, from, so meta. From their, uh, from their debut album, Battle Hymns, in 1982. All right. So uh, the production on this album is not it's not amazing, at least the production of the, the, the instru- instrument part. Mm-hmm. But uh, Eric Adams' vocals really shine through still. He's a great vocalist. He's got a really strong voice. Uh, and it's uh, the album itself, is a, it's a great collection of songs, most of which have a fairly standard hard rock structure. But uh, the two that stand out most for me are this this song "Man of War" and another song called "Battle Hymn." I guess it'd be kind of the title track of the album. Yeah. Uh, which they, the the "Battle Hymn" shows showcases the elements of what would soon become known as uh, power metal a couple years later. Right. And uh, and "Hymn" is more of an epic, fantastical journey kind of thing, a longer song. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas the song "Man of War" is a more of a fast-paced hard rocker 
Okay, probably the first time I listened in a while. So Manowar by by Manowar. Now the time has come for us to fight. Target waiting in our sights. What you're what you're saying that it's very like sing alongable. If I don't know, yeah. that's probably not the word you used. I get it. I'm sure, I could find a better way to phrase that, but yeah. that's just exactly what it is. Like in in concert, I could see just belting it out because it's just like it's so simple. It's straightforward. Hold your ground. Give no more. Our fight will never end. That's just. I remember like, getting really into it. I remember a long time ago, one of my friends got. I got a bunch of guys in the Manowar. One of my friends, we were, he was like drunk at a party and he like punched one of our other friends and he just yelled at him, I just conquered your shore. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right on here. Conquer yeah. your shore. Like, right <laughs> that's awesome. awesome. I love it. <laughs> All right. Song number two. Yeah, let's do it. Right. We're going to go to the album Hail to England from 1984. The song is Kill with Power. Okay. Uh, this is one of my favorite Manowar songs from arguably their best album i would say like it's not necessarily the biggest selling but a lot of people consider this their best the song starts with scott columbus slowly building up speed on his drums and then it breaks into this lightning fast riff and then right into the iconic chorus where adams is basically screaming kill with power die die at like super high octave okay (laughs) yeah the song is aggressive and angry throughout uh definitely meant to be played loud and um this album just to note, also has a way better cover than the previous album, Into Glory Rad. I do love the the cover. It's pretty awesome. He's got yeah. like a demon belt. Yeah, man, it's a pretty wicked cover. I mean, it looks like it's drawn in pencil crayon, but it's pretty awesome still. But like, well done pencil crayon, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a pretty solid drawing. Yeah. All right. Kill with power. This is literally like the perfect workout music. <laughs> just oh, I know. Spread I know. fear and pain. Our <laughs> arrows fall like hail. I, I usually don't focus on the lyrics this much, but I love them. Yeah, this one's a little more hard, hard too. Yeah, Hail to England is a, is a solid album. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely like it's kind of before they got really cheesy with their subject matter and just singing about basically metal and yeah, metal and steel and you know. Okay, well, I guess it's still about steel, but still. It's... Yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah, Manowar's got some great. wicked actual workout music. Like, this is a literal <laughs> workout playlist, not just, <laughs> yeah. not just not nominal, right? There's nothing slow here. All right, song number three. We're going to yep, do a song good. called Sign of the Hammer. It's the title track off of Sign of the Hammer from 1984, which okay. they released. Uh, just They released it, what, I think 10 months after Hail to England, so in the same year. Okay. So the album itself, it's a bit of a step back from Hail to England, uh, even though it was released just uh, months later. But uh, it's still an awesome album, I think, personally. Uh, the title track's probably my favorite song on there. Uh, it's a pretty dynamic opening riff to the song. 
uh, more stuff about battles and pretty okay. heavy, fast, and catchy at the same time. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, there's a wicked solo from Ross the Boss and uh, some amazing vocals from Eric Adams, as per usual. Oh, you, you won't find that on uh, Spotify. You'll have to go to YouTube. Oh, I've, yeah, I've already noticed it. Some of their okay. some of their albums. I assume it has something to do with their creative control, where only like a portion of their albums are on here. The last yeah, song, I, like, "Hail to England," also isn't on Spotify. Yeah, it, it depends what what uh, label released them, and those two albums released on a different label. Oh, okay. A lot of the other ones in the eighties there. So. Things are complicated. All right, uh, "Sound of the Hammer." Maybe it's because I'm a, a giant dork anyways, and I'm currently reading Fellowship of the Ring, but I love it. Like, just all the yeah. lyrics get me so pumped up. Like, I don't care yeah. if it's, like, a little bit cheesy. <laughs> like, I honestly, I don't I don't know why people don't like Mad War, <laughs> to be honest. I, I don't really understand, yeah, why it wouldn't yeah. have taken hold here. Uh, I guess maybe, like, that fantasy stuff is, prob- like, it's bigger over there for sure. Like, I know England... Uh, specifically with like fantasy tabletop stuff, Italy and England are huge in that. France too, yeah. more more so than yeah. like Canada and the States to some degree. So maybe it's a little more culturally relevant to them. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, because that like that stuff is it's big here, but it's bigger there. Not as big. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you ready for song number four? I am ready. All right, song number four is a song called "Black Wind, Fire and Steel" from their <laughs> album "Fighting the World" in 1987. Okay. Uh, so the the title track from that album is more recognizable, the, the song "Fighting the World." Yeah. But this song to me is just intense as fuck right from the start. I'm <laughs> trying to swear too much, but I had to say that with uh, yeah. Joy DeMaio setting the tone with inhumanly fast bass at the start. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's bass anyway. You can tell me. And Scott okay. Columbus <laughs> absolutely just attempting to destroy his drums. And all I can say about that is, good thing they're made of stainless steel. Real sturdy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> black, black wind, fire, and steel. I don't like the other ones are like they're metal but when you say the words power metal i think this is the song that's going to come to mind yeah man. <laughs> it's just it's almost like written word poetry about just being a a knight yeah. <laughs> basically i love it we're just like just super fast guitar and bass and drums like just smashing like like the freaking you listen how heavy the drums are in that song yeah <laughs> That's awesome, and they they work well too. And you're right about the yeah. bass. Like, how does he keep? Yeah, that, that is bass, right at the start. We're just going nuts on the bass. I, it sounds like bass, and he's I'm pretty just, sure it is. It's and he's doing trim. He's a, I don't know how the proper verb for it. Using tremolo, like that's the the technique, yeah. and he just keeps it going for so long. Yeah, man. 
Like you said, he's a. Like, that's hard. Like, I mean, all those guys are talented, but he's a tremendous bassist. Yeah, that's crazy. All right, song number five. Yeah. I'm gonna do a song it. called "Hail and Kill" from okay. the album Kings. I like how you like chuckle a little bit at every song title. <laughs> <laughs> it's just each each one is uh, it's it's just so dramatic. Um, this is from the album Kings of Metal from 1988. Though this is cool. possibly my favorite Manowar song. It's a little bit debatable, but very possible. Uh, this okay. song is amazing on the album and from what i've seen it's absolutely insane live if you watch some of the live videos mm. uh, it, it pulls a little bit of light and shade you know we do like the slow kind of acoustic oh yeah yeah like what we were kind talking of more, about before yeah a little slower acoustic and singing and then uh i actually wrote with eric adams angelic vocals <laughs> <laughs> you're really That's passionate about what i wrote yeah before <laughs> before it just kicks your ass and goes in the high gear and freaking melts your face I just I love having the lyrics like the first lines of the lyrics come up before I I press play while I'm waiting yeah. to start it and it's always so awesome like it starts off with brothers I am calling from the valley of kings like that's a very positive note to start off on yeah it's it's really uplifting music isn't it like that's when you it is get the, yeah. the definition of power metal you like listen to this you're like wow it, that's very fitting that's exactly it's, what it yeah. is yeah right? all right hail and kill May your swords tell why it's your favorite it's pretty it's awesome my, right? it's probably my favorite so far i was thinking like oh it's hard to beat black wind fire and steel but it just it gets you so, <laughs> it gets you so excited like i feel like i could go out and fight somebody with a sword just from listening to this oh yeah man when i'm like at the gym and this comes on and it kicks into like the heavy part i can literally lift more weight it's awesome yeah. I love it so much i love it it just makes you feel like you're part of something amazing and glorious seriously you know? like... <laughs> all right song number six it's yep, called Metal Warriors. Okay. <laughs> <It's> from, <laughs> the trend continues. <laughs> from the album, it's called from the album The Triumph of Steel from 1992. Okay. So the the lyrics in this are super cheesy, but I freaking love this song so much, and <laughs> it basically encompasses everything that Manowar is, and it's awesome. So okay. <laughs> one, one of the lines is, "If you're not into metal, you are not my friend," and definitely like <laughs> it, it shows off the uh, the chops of their new guitarist named David Shankle. He only okay. did the one album with him, but he's a pretty wicked guitarist and a drummer named Rhino. Well, it's his nickname anyway. Just just Rhino. He's got a well, yeah. They're, he's got a, <laughs> an actual name as well, but they call him Rhino. But uh, yeah, David Shankle and Rhino replaced uh, Ross the Boss and uh, Scott Columbus for this right. album. Sweet uh, Metal Warriors. Got to make it louder. This is where they start getting meta with it. <laughs> They're just singing about <laughs> themselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can I can see 
this song especially being being good live like in their shows like, oh yeah for sure definitely selling out definitely a, a crowd pleaser for sure eh? absolutely absolutely uh but actually this album triumph of steel is the rest of the album is actually not that cheesy like it's actually fairly lyrically it's not as bad as even say um kings of metal right like like the songs are a little bit more there's a little more variety in subject matter mm-hmm. oh and and uh the triumph of steel also the first song in triumph of steel is 28 minutes long by the way what yeah i think it's called achilles the was it the agony and the ecstasy? Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> Achilles, agony and ecstasy in yeah. eight parts. It's freaking twenty-eight something minutes long. <laughs> it's got one point three million streams. People love that song. Oh yeah, no, it's it's great. It's just really long. You got to wow. be uh, you got to be ready for, you know, sit down for a bit. <laughs> yeah, it's an it's an epic. All right, song number seven. Yeah, from it's called it's a song called "The Power" from "Louder Than Hell" from nineteen ninety six. This is the last song from the first Manowar album that I ever owned, and it. Like this album got me into them immediately. And this song has been one of my favorite actual workout songs for over 20 years. It's super fast and heavy and uh, it's got, there's no bullshit. It's, it doesn't slow down. It's, and it's true to his title. So yeah, right away. The first lyric is I've got the power to fly into the wind. That's, (laughs) that doesn't make you work out harder than nothing Power to be free, to die and live again. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I haven't even heard the song yet. I I know what lyrics. (laughs) I already, I already want to lift up my, yeah. my bookshelf and just deadlift it just reading this do it uh all right the power I'm I'm like loving it. It's getting me pumped up while I'm laughing at just how over the top it is. Yeah, man. It's... But in like a good way because I love it. This power's like fire. Fire loves to burn. <laughs> incredible, yeah, incredible lyrics. Doesn't get any love better it. than that. I tell you. That's amazing. It doesn't. It doesn't get better. All right, we're gonna take a step back from like the really fast, heavy stuff for song number okay. eight. We're gonna go right. to a, an anthem of sorts. So it's oh. a song called "Warriors of the World United." It's okay from their album Warriors of the World from 2002. Cool. So, like I said, it's finally like an anthem song. Although they have quite a few throughout their albums, I just, uh, I'll have to put them on the extended playlist. Right. They're, they actually have a lot of good songs that are more anthemic that the crowd sing to. Right. Um, but this is uh, essentially a tribute to themselves and to their extremely loyal fans, whether they call them uh, Mana Warriors or as they called them in uh, Hail to England, the Army of Immortals, which is... That's like a, sick. That's yeah. badass. That's, I like that was that like, the best. The Army of Immortals was a song they wrote for Hail to England that was like a tribute to their fans while well, Joy that's, wrote it. But, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, this song is a slow to mid-paced, uh, bass-driven. With a, It's got a great build-up and a like anthemic chorus that's uh, really easy to sing along to. So, and Apparently, the song is really good live. And the uh, the last this is the last Manowar album that I really heard much of, although they have released a couple since then. Uh, Warriors of the World. We alone are fighting for metal that is true. We own the right to live the fight. We're here for all of you. Now swear the blood upon your steel. We'll never try. Stand a 
I again, I can see this being good live, and I'm almost surprised that these guys are American listening to this because yeah. they they almost sound like they have accents. And then the, I think that's like a mandolin or something. It sounds Italian. I mean, they play in Italy a lot more than they play in the U.S. But yeah, they're definitely from New York. So, okay. But, I mean, they, <laughs> yeah. but, but they've been playing a ton of shows in Europe for what thirty something years. So, right. Yeah, I'm sure they're very they're very in tune with the culture there. It really makes me want to see them live because I'm sure I'm sure it's just incredible. Man, they they would be they would probably be worth traveling overseas to go see live. But I, the problem is they're getting yeah. so freaking old, man. Like Eric Adams, the singer, <laughs> is 69 now. Oh my god, and they're yeah. still performing. Not much then, time left to do that. Like he's the oldest one. But the other guys are only a couple years younger. There, well, the the newer guys, like the new guitarists, not dipshit there, but they have another new guitarist and another new drummer <laughs> who are probably quite a bit younger. Right. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're okay. still going strong, but I mean, it'd be a lot nicer, easier to see them if they would play here, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah. I, yeah. I wasn't going to do any more songs, but I had to put tack one onto the end just cause. So okay. we're going to throw, we're going to throw a bonus track on here. Uh, we're going to do the title track from Kings of metal, obviously titled Kings of metal. Kings and, of metal. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I drew a little, uh, picture of a hand doing the horns beside it. On my sheets. <laughs> I'm not even going to describe. You're so excited for the song. <laughs> Just put the song on and listen to the lyrics. It's amazing. All right. Okay. Cool. I mean, the first the first lyric is uh, their own band name, so I'm very excited. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Kings of Metal. There's there's like sing along parts built into the song. I love it. Hey, all I can say is other bands play Man of War kills. Hey. <laughs> Man of War kill. I love it. It's just a whole song. It's basically like we're awesome. You're awesome. Everyone else sucks. Yeah, we're just gonna come. We're gonna blow your freaking speakers and seriously. Uh, I I understand why they sell so many tickets because it's just like that's that's an experience. You're not just going to a concert. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how anybody who doesn't enjoy like loud, exciting music and, and like good stage, like a good stage show, wouldn't enjoy that, whether they love the music itself or not, right? Like, I don't think people gave them a, the proper chance here. Yeah, I can't. I don't. Me, but... I don't really know how to explain it, but I, I kind of agree with you because, like, I don't really see any any like, concert I've been to in in Canada, North America, like being people, prepared for this. I think people here are just too worried about what people will think of them. Yeah, the, that's, you know, that's exactly uh, it. When it, when it uh, as as it relates to what they listen to or what you know what I mean, like people yeah. are so worried about appearances, they 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 aren't free to just enjoy what they enjoy. You know what I mean? Yeah, or other other than just like letting yourself go at a concert and just enjoy it to the fullest yeah. for sure. Like they don't want to go and tell people that they went to a Matterhorn concert. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. but but it, but it was freaking awesome. You know, or like, or go to it and be like a hundred percent invested. Like I'm sure the people that go and see it are. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know. I wish we we didn't have those hangups, you know, like that, because that's, yeah. that's probably what a lot of it is here. Absolutely, I would I would agree to I would agree with that. So anyway, yeah, that's the uh, 
I mean, I could throw a bunch more songs on there, but I'll have to. I'll just make up a, an extended <laughs> yeah. playlist later on. And you can just help us yeah, you can listen through the albums yourself if you find one you like. Um, yeah, it's just tough because a lot of them aren't on Spotify, unfortunately. But yeah, it kind of sucks. Uh, this is pretty much like my first introduction to Manowar. That's actually I've actually remembered and uh, very impressed. Nice. That's what I was hoping for. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's it for everything, well, I guess. What, what do we have for time? Because I, I I had another little bonus thing I wanted to throw in here. Yeah, throw it in. <laughs> sure. So I I went through like a, the entire list of all their songs and their entire discography, and I found all the songs that have the word metal or steel in the title. <laughs> okay. There's there's no less than twelve songs. So <laughs> we got uh, Metal Days, Gloves of Gloves of Metal, Secret of Steel, Black Wind Fire and Steel, Kings of Metal. I know I'm saying it weird, but I want to make sure I pronounce it properly. Oh, uh, Heart of Steel, Metal Warriors, Brothers of Metal Part 1, uh, The Gods Made Heavy Metal, Die for Metal, The Lord of Steel, and uh, The Kingdom of Steel. I just wanted to throw that out there. Just uh, They're very committed. Just, just to show their <laughs> to commitment to metal and steel. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Pretty impressive. I love them. Um, is, there, is there any news relating to them? I guess... Uh... Really, I mean, they're just—they uh, they have a bunch of tour dates set up for 2022, so they're still touring. They haven't released yep. a, an album since 2012, although they did have plans to release new material at some point quite a while ago, and they just never did. They decided instead of releasing new material, they just go on tour again. So hmm. who knows? At some point, maybe they'll release uh, a new album. But right now, they are still touring. So if anybody's willing to shell up some cash to go to Europe, <laughs> you can go see yeah, that they're, they're over. They're over there in Europe. Yeah. yeah, I was looking it up. I was like, nothing close to Calgary, nearest show, Germany. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I looked at the list. Like, they're only playing in Europe so far on the list. So. Yeah. All right, cool. So that playlist, uh, don't forget, it is on Spotify. We update it every time uh, we put on a new episode with these new songs. Make sure to check it out. Unfortunately, some of these Man of War songs uh, aren't going to be able to make it on Spotify. Uh, and that is going to do it for this episode of The Heavy. So see the show notes again for a complete list of all the songs you heard in this episode. Got a link to that playlist with all the songs from the season. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app if you like the show. Please tell a friend. Leave us a rating on iTunes. Our website is www.theheavy.ca. You can email us at theheavypod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Heavy Pod on all those. Our show is edited by Ian Sutherland. Andrew does all the research. Our brother Rob designed the logo. Our theme song, The Stallions of the Highway by Savage Blade. I'm your host, Don Sutherland. Thanks for listening. And we will catch you again after Christmas, taking some time off for the holidays. So we'll catch you in the new year. Later.